Welcome to Village Mentality, where melanated people are connected in spirit, love, and community. Hey out there, kings and queens, beautiful people everywhere. It's your girl, C.K. McGee. And I am Patrina Reed, and we're your host. Hey, C.K., how are you today? I am doing all right, my friend. And yourself? Well, to be honest, I've been out of sorts. You know, really? Just, what's, what's going on? Just uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I'm just trying to get my bearings back together and figure out, like, why am I so out of sorts? But, um, you know, we're here, and we're going to do the very best we can to make sure that we bring the information to our villagers. So always coming together helps me to feel better. So that's what we're going to do. Well, you know what? I am glad that you are here. And I understand that not every day is always going to be a, a bowl of cherries. And so it is understandable. I do hope that you are able to feel better. And of course, you know, I'm always here, girl. And the villagers, I'm sure, wish you the very best. And I appreciate all of you being here and wishing me the best. And yes, this too shall pass. Amen. Amen. So, CK, me and my sister was having a conversation and some things came up and I thought, you know, I need to share this with the villagers and with you. So, um, I'm going to run something by you and I want to see what you think about it. All right, my sister, while well, I am listening. So, in our conversation, my sister in my conversation, we talked about some things, and this is the thing that really kind of stood out for me. Um, so this is what I want to share. And it's basically, as people, especially women, are we attempting to live up to unrealistic expectations or distorted views of love based on witnessing our parents' love? And you might say, okay, well, Katrina, what are you talking about? What does that really mean? So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, imagine you are in a relationship. You get married to this person. you in this relationship for four or five years. However, you witness your parents' relationship. It was full of love, romance, excitement. And your relationship didn't last as long. Your parents' relationship was 35 years old and yours lasted maybe two years. Mm. But you, you're devastated. You, you, you don't understand what happened. You thought that your parents' relationship was so happy and that it was going to just basically um, resonate within your relationship, but it didn't happen that way. Well, that's exactly what happened to this uh, lady that we know, devastated by the fact that the marriage did not work. Uh, she couldn't understand what happened. And what her husband said, or her ex-husband said to her was that she was making him, real, making him live up to her father's expectations, live up to what her father did and how her father loved his, his, his wife, her mother. Um, and so I want to know, you know, what you think about that, CK? 
Well, you said something, actually you said a couple of things that were really important that I kind of just want to sort of like uh, pick at a little bit. You talked about distorted views and unrealistic expectations. And I think right there, uh, those two things pose a ginormous problem in some of our relationships today. Now, we know that as, you know, children growing up in a household where, you know, you have your parents, um, if you are fortunate enough to, you have your parents and obviously you bear witness to whatever their relationship is. And if it happens to be a really good one, a healthy one, a loving one, then God bless you. You have an example of what you would like to see happen in your marriage. And then on the converse side of that, where we talk about unrealistic expectations, we have to look at what is it that we're comparing our relationship to. Are we looking at movies? Are we reading romance novels? Are we listening to the lyrics of a song? I think in both examples, the mistake that we might be making is not recognizing that we have to be who we are in our own relationship. What our parents had is a great hallmark for what we might want to do. It's great goals, but you're talking about two different people, your mother and your father, and who they are to each other, what their backgrounds have been. So when it comes to our relationships, I think that we need to do the same thing. We need to know who we are as a person. We need to understand who our partner is as a person and focus on what we bring to our relationship. It doesn't hurt ever to have standards and to have thoughts about what you think a relationship should be. But I believe that it's better if we base it on the reality of the two people involved in that relationship which requires, you know, communication and understanding one another. Uh, talk to each other. What do you think about relationships or what do they think about relationships? And then work from there. I agree. I definitely agree with what, you're, what, you're, um, what you brought up. And I feel like you did a great job with understanding and bringing out other um, things that we use to determine our relationships. So I thought, you know, with the conversation that we always have about various topics and then having this conversation with my sister, I really thought that this was something that the villagers may want to grab a hold to and, and have a conversation about or even think about whether or not they've done this or they're doing this. And what are they gauging their relationships by? And if they're using outside uh, entities for them to really think about just using what you have, that person, that other person, and understanding that other person's point of view. So I thought this was very interesting. Yeah, it was. And I really appreciate you bringing, you know, this uh, to the village because it is important to understand what it is that we are looking for in a relationship, what our expectations are, to understand too that it doesn't just magically happen. Both people have to give 100% and be responsible for the success of that relationship. And so we cannot be sidetracked by focusing on, you know, outside influences. We must focus on, you know, the two people that are involved in a relationship. So I think it's great that you brought it that you brought it to the table. Thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. 
And you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you joined us last week, we began a series uh, called He Said, She Said, Love Languages. And so this is the second part. Last week, we dealt with what he's had to say. And this week, we're going to be focusing on what we have to say. Uh, and so, like we also did last week, uh, Queen, we decided that we wanted to incorporate more music into the episode. So, without further ado, and before we get into Let's Talk About It, what is our first song? Well, my Queen, we definitely um, came up with a great song to start us off, and that song is Focus by her. So, villagers, as I always ask you to do, as me, CK, wants you to do, we want you to sit back, relax, and when we come back after this song, we'll get into Let's Talk About It. So, we're listening to Her Focus. Focus, can't you see? 
such a beautiful song queen. I love her and she is very talented. I've seen a couple of her performances and besides uh, being a singer, she actually plays uh, different, um, she definitely plays different, she, I'm sorry, she plays different instruments as well. Yes, I uh, definitely love her, her sound um, and in her words, she uh, is a poet that is able to put all of her feelings into her songs. And I thought this one was definitely a good choice for, for us. And so I do appreciate your help in making this selection. Absolutely. For the songs that we picked are actually sort of like a message that we're putting out there in the same way that we did last week. So I appreciate you as well. All right. And so without further ado, let's get into our segment that we call Let's Talk about it. And so there's been a recent update regarding the Brianna Taylor case. This was the young woman from Louisville, Kentucky, who was killed on March 13th by Louisville Metro Police Department officers Joshua James, Brett Hankinson. John Mattingly and Miles Cosgrove. They were serving a no-knock warrant and because there was no idea or I should say no identification of who they were as they entered, they were mistaken for intruders. Uh, so the story goes and as a result there was gunfire exchanged in which Miss Taylor was subsequently killed. Recently, Queen, there's been a 39-page report uh, that has been released that has corroborating evidence showing that uh, Miss Taylor had an extensive tie to the person whose name happens to be Jamarcus Glover that the police were looking for. So apparently there was um, a suspicion of drug trafficking um, for Jamarcus Glover. And uh, based on a supposed relationship that these two had, Brianna and Jamarcus, and because I guess there was surveillance that showed him going in and out of her residence, it was suspected that there was drugs or money um, in her place of residence. And the thing that's very upsetting about this though, is it is as if they're offering this as justification in, you know, to, to say this is why we did what we did. And I just find it strange. I find it interesting that it's all these months later that this is now coming out. Now, the mayor uh, of Louisville uh, said that he condemns the release of this report because um, he thinks that it's deeply reckless and that it presents only a small fraction of the entire best investigation. So he said, you know, to share this with the media while the criminal process remains ongoing, he thinks that it would be unjust to draw conclusions about this case before the investigation is complete and the full truth comes out. So all efforts to sway the opinion and impact the investigation by releasing select information is wrong and divisive. And this is happening, of course, at a time when our city needs unity more than ever before. What do you think about that, Queen? As um, always, it saddens me when the victim becomes the villain. When the police officers 
uh, who take lives of black and brown people um, want to use their past uh, against them, so to speak, or to justify the fact that they were murdered. And it's like, it doesn't matter if she was affiliated, associated with whomever, you didn't have the right to murder her. She might have been um, with that person. It doesn't say how long ago that was. It doesn't say uh, any of that information. And yes, why are we putting out this information to distort the views of the public regarding this victim? She was still a victim. You know, it's just, it's just so frustrating to me that whenever it is a Black person, there's always some reason why they had to be shot eight times, 17 times, 23 times, 43 times. There's always some reason. If it had been a white person, a white woman, the outcome is different. The person is arrested or they're fired. It's handled up front. And then the investigation takes place. This right here seems to me like they're doing everything that they can to delay their, the action that should have taken place the day that she was killed. Anywhere in America, when you are not doing your job properly, and especially if you make a mistake that is costly, you know, listen, yeah, there are some instances where you might get a written warning, a verbal warning, and then it's termination. But if you make a costly mistake, it's termination immediately. But when it's about Black people, because Black lives do not matter, because Black lives are not valued, then we have to go through this whole thing before justice can be served. And that is not right. Definitely. You're so right. So we will obviously keep our eyes and ears open as far as this investigation is concerned. And I'm praying that at some point they'll do the right thing and you know, hold those who are responsible, responsible and let this family be at peace. Agreed. Somebody have to um, pay for the justice that she, she's not getting. So yes, I definitely agree with that. All right. And so moving on, we mentioned in last week's episode, I believe, Queen, about Kamala Harris being nominated by Joe Biden, who is the Democratic nominee for, uh, you know, the presidential nominee. He has uh, finally made his selection, which was Kamala Harris to be his running mate. And, you know, there were a lot of comments that were made about her selection. A lot of them were about her uh, record as a prosecutor in in the sense of, you know, who she was prosecuting and how she came down real hard um, when it comes to uh, men of color. And so Ava DuVernay uh, basically, you know, shared her thoughts about uh, Kamala being selected. And she basically just wanted people to like understand that, listen, we know that Kamala has done things in the past that, you know what, may not have been good. But at this point, <laughs> Ava's like, I don't really care. Because what she didn't do, you know, is that she didn't abandon people in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, 
uh, she didn't have children ripped away from their parents, you know, and put in cages. Uh, you know, she isn't like rolling out the red carpet for white supremacists to come and cause more, you know, um, division in our country. She doesn't disrespect women all day, every day, any day. Um, she's not basically taking America and like putting her in the trash. Um, so she's kind of like looking for us to recognize what's happening in this day and age under this current president. And she wants us to consider the uh, choices that we make. Are you really looking to put 45 in the White House again for another four years? Or can we at least give Biden and Kamala Harris an opportunity to get an office so that we can then hold them accountable and we can start to work on the changes that we need to see as a country, as a people, as a community. What do you think about that? Well, when um, I heard of it, I really thought that it's sad that, that people want to do everything they can to distract um, people from making an informed decision. Uh, Kamala Harris is not perfect. We know that. None of the people in this world walk on water. We're all imperfect. So for people to try to tear her down just because she was nominated as vice president, um, as a running mate, is, is ignorant and is, is detrimental to society. We have to allow people to um, prove themselves in the position that they're currently in and not judge them for their past. And then also look at the fact that in our current situation with the current person in office, all of the flaws and the vast mistakes that he has made and is continuing to make, and yet people are, are, are taking a blind eye to that. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable that the United States of America now has like 6 million cases of the coronavirus. That is just absurd to me. And that is because the reaction from our federal government, headlined by 45 himself, was too busy being in denial and not really paying attention to the facts as they, you know, came about. There are other countries that were impacted and they're on the road to recovery and going back and doing things, you know, working, school, so forth and so on. And we're still in this situation. And so there are just some things that can't be overlooked, however, because it's life-threatening. We, we've lost numerous amount of life, so much life we've lost. I'm, I'm so frustrated by this, I can hardly speak. We've lost so many people unnecessarily. And, you know, I know that we as a people, Black people in particular, always feel like we are picking between the lesser of two evils. And the reason that, that that's the case is because nobody is perfect. And if we're looking for somebody to be perfect, then we're going to be looking for the rest of our lives and we're never going to find them. People can grow. People have made mistakes in the past. They can grow. They can learn and they can evolve. And we have to be able to have a clear enough mind to see what it is that we need as a community and figure out who is best equipped to give it to us. 
even if Joe Biden himself has someone with someone who in the past has done things that we weren't happy with, we can still look to see who do we have a better chance with in order to um, carry out the, the, the things that we're concerned about. I am concerned about this election greatly because I do not want to see 40, 45 in the White House for another four years. And then there are those people who, because of their frustration, will decide not to vote at all, which to me essentially means you're voting for him. So we shall see how it goes. Um, everybody has their opinion, I know, but obviously Ava felt strong enough that she wanted to put that out there. And so I do hope that people will take the opportunity to consider those things. I definitely agree with that um, and what you said. So I understand. Okay. All right. Well, before we head into our topic, the second part of our topic uh, today, what is the next song, Queen, that we'll be listening to? Well, Queen, before we get into our song, can we just take a moment to acknowledge about Chadwick Boseman's demise? Oh, yes, my queen. Thank you so much. Um, that was my intention. And so I, I, I appreciate that. Yes. Um, you know, to this very moment, I have to say, I'm stunned by his sudden passing, uh, even more so by learning that at 43 years old, we've lost a, a true legend in the making. Um, he, we are finding out, um, was suffering from stage three colon cancer. Uh, and he had been battling for the last four years, which is incredible to say the least. When you consider the movie roles that he has played in these last four years, from the Black Panther to all the Avengers movies that he has been in, which, you know, challenges you physically. And Meanwhile, he's going through chemotherapy and different surgeries, and no one was the wiser. Uh, I feel such sadness that we've lost someone who has already had already made such an impact on us, but of course we were looking forward to seeing what he was going to do in the future, but he gave us Black people and people of color all over, like a sense of hope, and you just kind of feel like the rug was pulled out from under you. Yes, um, I just want to say that uh, he was a master of his craft, hardworking, dedicated. Um, I appreciate the tribute that they gave for him to just highlight parts of his life and his legacy. And, you know, our hearts go out to his family. We uh, know that he is going to be truly missed in Hollywood and just in, in life in general. And like you said, it, it was, it, it is still shocking that he is no longer here. Yeah, I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, there's all this heavy stuff going on, you know, and uh, I just recognize that, you know what we, I haven't been shocked personally like this since earlier this year when we lost Kobe and his daughter Gigi in the plane crash. It's kind of like the same feeling, like you just feel like something was ripped away, you know, from you. But on a lighter note regarding, you know, his life and the tribute that you, you uh, made me aware of, which I was very fortunate uh, to be able to watch, they were talking to uh, Felicia Rashad 
And they, you know, she mentioned the story about how Chadwick and some of his other uh, classmates had been accepted into a special acting program at Oxford University, yet they were not able to go because they financially they weren't able to. And she very calmly and very self-assuredly said, oh, oh, no, go ahead. Pack your bags. Okay, you're going. And she talks about how she called uh, Denzel Washington, who has been a husband in my head for decades now <laughs> and she talked about how maybe like in less than five minutes um not knowing exactly who he was you know helping out but nonetheless he helped and so uh chadwick understood um eventually who the donor was um recognizing that it was denzel and he made that known to denzel and uh when he approached him and let him know that he was the benefactor of his um you know, of his um, help, he said the first thing that came out of Denzel's mouth was, oh, okay, well, then that means you owe me some money. So you can see from the tribute that he had or that they had uh, last night, we can put some tributes together, huh, Queen? Yes, and it was a beautiful job. It was a beautiful display of love and, and, and uh, compassion and respect for this young man. And it was done so quickly. Yeah, that's one thing about us that we, we, we do very well. We know how to show love. And we were very proud of him. And we held him in uh, very high esteem. And he was very well respected. And he is going to be tremendously missed by us. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Oh, all right. And so... Thank you, Queen, for reminding me about that. I think even the shock even made me forget to uh, speak about it. So thank you for reminding me. No worries. You are welcome. You know that I always have your back. And now we can talk about our song, right? Yes, girl. What are we going to be listening to? So as we mentioned before, and we will con continue to mention throughout this uh, episode, me and CK uh, did our best to find the right selections of music to go along with our theme. And this artist is no exception. Our dear sister queen, Mary J. Blige, um, we can't give her enough accolades. We can't say enough about her. But what we will do is listen to her song, Take me as I am. And when we come back, we'll talk about today's topic. She's been talked about constantly She's been up and down She's been pushed around But they held her down in YC She has no regrets She accepts the past All these things they help to make she She's been lost and found And she's still around There's a reason for everything Yeah, You know I've been holding on Tried to make me weak But I still stay strong yeah. Put my life all up in these songs 
has been on like my playlist ever since I think she has come out with every single album the words to her songs I mean she definitely it's almost as if she's like one of our girlfriends that's here and knows exactly what we're going through what our challenges are and one of the things that I love most about that song is that you're you have to be at a place where you feel good with yourself like you're feeling good in your skin to be able to be strong enough to say, hey, take me as I am or have nothing at all. Like, this is me, take it or leave it. And a lot of times we might find, you know, we might not be quite there, but it definitely is some place where you want to attain to be, right? Yes. And, you know, like you said, um, Mary has grown up with us and we've grown up with her as far as her musical career is concerned. And we've seen her in vulnerable spots and we've seen her um, go through some bad relationships and come out on the other side. And like you said, with 
being able to be bold enough and courageous enough and and standing firm in who who you are as a woman and to say or as a person we don't even say just woman it's it before man too to just take me as i am and and, and be all right with that and if you can't then guess what kick rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And not only does she have the great words, but she can uh, express herself so well. It just, you totally feel her. So glad that she was a part of the uh, musical tribute um, today as we are going to move forward in dealing with part two of our series, He Said, She Said, Love Language. And so, of course, if you kings and queens, villagers, uh, beautiful people everywhere. If you did not have the opportunity, please go back and listen to last week's episode. We had a special way to bring in the male perspective in terms of some of the things that was on the male, the male um, mind as far as what he thinks is, you know, what, but I guess what things he finds difficult communicating to us as, as ladies. And so (laughs) this week, it's our turn to be able to talk about those things. And I'm going to say this part again. I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. And um, it's ask any love expert what the main cornerstone of a relationship is. And you will likely hear the same thing, communication. But for so many people, communication means to speak when the real keys to a successful relationship are active listening and empathy. There are people out there who feel like what is the sense for putting something out there if it is not going to be heard and considered by your partner. People fear sharing their thoughts and feelings because they are vulnerable. And so with that being said, we had the opportunity this week to put together a list of some of the things that we ourselves have run into uh, as ladies, as women who have been in relationships, marriages, um, or, you know, with um, significant others. And we've compiled this list. And so we'll go ahead and present it. Now, bear in mind, we recognize that both for last week and this week, we haven't covered every single thing. This is just basically to introduce some ideas to all of you where you can then take it and run with it and have conversations of your own, you know, between amongst yourselves and and figure things out. But um, with that being said, are you ready, my friend? Yes, I am. All right. So not that we actually rated what we said, we just kind of like named things. So the first thing that we came up with was honesty. So when we mentioned honesty, my friend, what exactly does that mean to you? So as far as honesty is concerned, it's just what it is. Uh, a person with um, you are in a relationship with tell you what their intentions are and what their honest intentions are, uh, such as when we come down to relationships, if that person really want to be in a serious relationship or if they don't. Um, just knowing that when you're talking to that person, they are giving you their complete truth. And you're not trying to figure out if it's a game or, you know, if this person is really being genuine with you, if they're being honest. So that's the way I look at honesty. Yeah, and I agree with you, especially as we are getting older in our lives. No one has time for that. 
we don't have time for games. So, you know, state your intentions, say what it is, so that we both can make up our minds as to whether or not we want to participate or not. I think it's only fair, and it cuts down on a lot of time wasting. So I'm, I'm with you, my sister. Yes, ma'am. Number two, we mentioned communication. So, of course, we understand that communication is uh, about more than just talking, but that it's about actively listening with empathy. And so, how do you feel about that, my friend, with regard to the ladies in a relationship? Well, as far as women are concerned, since I am one, making sure <laughs> that <laughs> making sure that there is clear communication, um, making sure that our body language and our nonverbal cues are in alignment with each other, um, making sure that we're not asking our partners to be mind readers um, and not doing the opposite of what we're saying uh, is important. So I feel like we want that person that we're in a relationship with to understand us, but we also have to be clear in what we want them to understand. All very good points, all very true. And, and in addition to that, I also think that <clears throat> it's important for us to understand how our partners communicate. Uh, so I happen to be someone who can be very animated, whether it's through my voice, uh, I talk with my hands, I'm not sure if that's a New York thing or not, but I do. And, you know, if you're talking over the phone, sometimes things can be mistook for something else. And there's nothing more frustrating than when you're being your natural self and someone is mistaking it for something negative, like they think that you're getting upset or that you're getting frustrated, when in fact you're not. You might just be very passionately speaking about a topic, but you're not getting upset. But then you become upset because they're saying you are. You know, like you have to understand how your partner communicates. Maybe you may have a partner that's not as talkative. Um, maybe you have one that talks a lot. Maybe you have one that's boisterous. Whatever it is, I think that is a key because it cuts down on a lot of misunderstandings when you do that. And it is very important that you also feel safe communicating with your partner, that you know that this is a person who you're seeing as your person, your best friend, where you should be able to let your hair down and be vulnerable with, and that you should be able to say whatever it is that you need to. Of course, being respectful, you're not here to beat anyone down and you're not here to make anyone feel bad, but to be able to communicate in a loving, constructive way, I think is also something we need to pay attention to. You definitely hit the nail right on the head. Oh, girl, I'm so glad you agree. All right. Um, let us take uh, number three and four and have that go together. So we said the next one, uh, the way they demonstrate their infection, and then after that, knowing their roles. What does that mean to you, friend? Well, as far as the demonstration of affection is concerned, is just um, basically showing that showing a woman that she is your woman and that she is desired and wanted and needed by you. Um, now, I don't prefer it to be public all the time. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be um, 
dad having public affection, a kiss here and there, uh, holding hands, maybe a hug or or you know a little noodling under the under the neck, it's it's fine. Um, but if it becomes overtly uh, explicit, then I might feel a little uncomfortable. And we have to make sure that, you know, the setting is appropriate and, th and different things of that nature. Now, as far as role um, as a man, I feel like, uh, in my experience, that men have pretty much stepped back from their role. Um, I don't know if it's be, well, I feel like it's because of the evolution and revolution of a woman. Okay. And, and because of the fact that they don't have to be the man anymore, so to speak, because women have, you know, brought home the bacon. We, we, we do everything. We provide, we protect, we profess, we, we do it all. Uh, and so now they're like, they don't know how to be in a relationship uh, as far as a man is concerned. And the fact that they may not have had positive male role models to show them what their position should be and how they should play it. Yeah, I definitely feel that you, you know, touched on a lot of different things that we are experiencing today as women. In terms of affection, I'm with you. I do not feel that we have to be explicit in public. You know, those times you see those couples and you're like, get a room. It doesn't need to be like that. Uh, if you are in love, it really doesn't take much. The chemistry that you have between the two of you, you don't have to act it out. It just is. So you don't need to go over the top with it. And as far as the roles, I feel like the, the, the lines have been blurred, but I want to be specific about that. I believe in the evolution of women. I believe that it is their right to decide what they want for themselves. Do you want to be at home? Do you want to be a homemaker? Do you want to be out there in the world? Do you want to start your own business? Whatever it is, go for it. A lot of times, though, because of their own personal situations where maybe there isn't a man present, they've had to assume roles and responsibilities in order to keep things going, especially if there was a relationship and now maybe children are involved. And so therefore, they end up playing both roles of mother and father. But in all honesty, a woman just wants to be a woman. She is not looking to be a man. She wants to be a woman. And so... When you're talking about men who may not have the proper examples or role models in their lives, it can be quite harmful and it negatively impacts the relationship when they don't have an idea of, of what to do as a result of that. I think that we can sit down though and maybe talk about things and sort of clear things um, up between us so that we can both understand what our expectations of uh, excuse me, are for each other and of each other so that we can move forward, both of us on the same page, working toward the same goals. And again, communication really being key to that. Again, um, I feel like you are speaking my language <laughs> and you're saying the things that I've, I feel like most women would agree. Okay, well, good. I'm so happy, especially because I'm a woman. I just want to know, like, am I alone? I'm 
<laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> Michael Jackson has clearly told you that already. You are okay. not alone. He did. He did. I need to stop believing him. I need to believe him. <laughs> okay. And so the next couple of things that we spoke about, my friend, on our list was lack of support and lack of commitment. Talk to me, queen. Okay. Um, wait, did we talk about our number five uh, point of reference? We'll get to that. Okay. Just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, lack of support, lack of commitment. Okay. So lack of support, you know, I feel like with men, they don't always know how to support women. Um, and it has, again, a lot to do with their, um, their understanding of it, their, their, their examples of it, and what it means to them to show support. Um, I feel like, depending on the person, they can really fall short in that area. Uh, and then as far as commitment is concerned, uh, I think that men tend to um, either want to not be committed or they want to be committed. And they, when they want to be committed, some of them are afraid to express that they want to be committed because they don't want to deal with the rejection. And then the ones who don't want to be committed will say they want to be committed to stay in a relationship, but in all actuality, do everything uh, in their power to show <laughs> that they don't want to be committed. Okay. Well, when I think about lack of commitment, um, I think again, you have to sit down as a couple, especially after it's been some time, and look at what your expectations are for that relationship. What exactly are you committing to? It seems like more these days, Queen, we're getting further and further away from the institution of marriage. And people have their reasons. Heck, I'm not so certain if I want to be married. Uh, and I believe that that's based on the experience that people have in their lives, who they have seen around them. But it's not to say that if you are sort of like on the fence, that there isn't someone who can convince you that, okay, we can be in this together. Um, so what are you committing to? And we need to be clear about that. Uh, are we just like committing to dating? Are we going to just be lifelong partners? Are we looking at building a life together and having a marriage? What is it that we're doing? So we definitely have to feel that we have the right to ask that question. And a lot of times we're afraid to do that as women because we think we're going to run them off. And guess what? If we do run them off, then they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. And we need to get to a, a space in our head where we recognize that, that we should never sacrifice our standard simply because we want to have somebody there. Now, as far as lack of support, girl, the Black woman supports everyone. She supports her family, her man, her children, the school, the church, the this, the that. When she signs up for something, her friends, she is in 100. She's in. And she gives of herself completely. The thing that's upsetting and, and frustrating to me is why is it the Black woman can't get any support from her man? And what I mean by that is, you know, 
things happen in life, things change unexpectedly. We might end up taking a road that we didn't originally plan, but whatever it is, if he goes a different way, if he goes left instead of right, aren't we there to help him through? Aren't we there to like support him through? Only thing I'm asking is for the same thing in return. Regardless of what it is we're doing, we wanna stay at home. Suddenly we decide to change our mind and we wanna work outside the home or we want to be an entrepreneur and start our own business, whatever it is, support us. Why can't you do that? And because society has made our gender roles specific to men and specific to women, from a boy, they're raised to believe that it's all about them. And so whatever they're doing, they figure all eyes should always be on them. And yeah, all eyes should be on them. But they also need to learn that it's not just about them. So we're looking for that support too. We're looking for you to understand when we might need you for a minute, we might be going through a valley, we might need you to be encouraging for a moment in the same way that we were. And just like we didn't put a time clock on you, we don't want you to put one on us. Be supportive, just period, make your decision to do that. Which brings us then to the point of reference regarding their thoughts about relationships. What exactly did they see in their life as far as relationships were concerned? How was it defined for them? What did they see between their mother and father? And how has that created this blueprint for them in terms of what they're looking for as far as the woman in their life? What do you think about that, Queen? Well, you mentioned some great, great, great um, points. And yes, all of that applies. All of that matters. Um, the conversations that they have with their boys or, or, the, or the person that they do their male bonding with, um, what they value in a relationship, what they think they should do, and who do they consult when things are not going the way that they think it should go. Um, I think having a wide range of friends and family and, um, you know, confidants to, to some degree that will help them to see that the relationship doesn't have to just be one way. Um, depending on the man, depending on his, um, his group, his clique, his boys, whatever he want to call them, he could have a real a uh, small-minded view of how a relationship can go. Um, of course, family members can influence that. If the father is not in the home, if there is no other male role model, if the uncles are not the best examples, if his homeboy, you know, is unstable and going from relationship to relationship, what is this person using to gauge or to um, have as a resource to say, okay, this might not work besides communicating with the person that he's in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. It's so true. We, um, first of all, I think we have to remember that in a relationship and really a relationship of any kind, but because we're specifically talking about love relationships right now, it's a two way street. And I know when I was a kid, we used to hear all the time, oh, it's 50, 50. No, it's not. It's 100, 100. The effort has to be put in from both sides. If we are to have a successful relationship, 
then we both have to be, have to be responsible for that relationship. And again, recognizing that you have two people who are coming together, who have two different uh, backgrounds, two different experiences, it's only intelligent for us to understand that there's going to be some baggage that is going to have an impact on the way that person perceives things. And so again, communication, a common thread throughout this, gives us the opportunity to be able to talk to one another and to kind of see like, all right, what was your story? Okay, and, and what was your story? And what do you think about that? And how do I feel about this? And so therefore, it will at least give us a better indicator. Also, ladies, now, friend, you know that you got those friends out there that when you're going through it with your loved one, you know what I'm saying and you're talking about your relationship and you might not be happy for the moment, you have that one person out there who thinks that, oh, girl, quit, leave, it's done. Oh, girl, you don't even need to bother with that, blah, blah, blah. They don't know nothing about <laughs> the totality of your relationship. And because you're unhappy for the moment, they want to influence you to make a decision that could be detrimental to you down the road. So you, as the person in that relationship, while you may be seeking outside resources for advice, you have to be the one to make the ultimate decision as to what works best for you. What do you think about that? Oh my goodness, you couldn't have said it any better. Yes, ultimately speaking, when people give you advice, it is always the advice that is best for them. <laughs> they are not it's not that and i'm listen i give advice to people all the time it's solicited though it's not unsolicited but even in my solicited advice it is what would have worked best for me not always um that i want to not give advice that would work for you because i'm still using the experiences that i've had to help you determine what it is that you need to do. But I'm also that friend who understands that you're just mad for the moment. And I'm not going to tell you to walk away from something or usher you in that direction if that's not where you want to go. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm always going to agree with what you got going on. But I understand my position and my role as the supporting person. So we have to stop assuming that, assuming that person's life when they come and they want to vent, because not everybody want answers. Some people just want to talk and we have to understand the difference. Man, I'm so glad that you said that. Understanding the difference between someone who's venting and, uh, you know, a person who, you know, uh, is actually considering maybe, you know, making a change in their relationship, but at least give them the opportunity to tell you what they're feeling and what they're thinking, as opposed to you dictating to them based on whatever space you're in, because that's just totally not fair. And it's definitely not support. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So moving on, my friend, um, let's get these next three. Uh, <clears throat> let's see, we talked about selfishness, lack of intimacy, and romance. What say you? So as far as selfishness is concerned, we can all be selfish individuals. It's not above us to not be to some degree. But when it comes down to relationships, uh, selfishness just doesn't work 
when you feel like everything should revolve around you amen and, and the relationship only fits your description and how you want it to be and what you want to do and how you want you know then it is not a relationship it becomes a dictatorship and you just got servants and subjects uh, in it so we want to be very careful uh, men and women alike, to not be selfish. Yes, you might have been catered to. We have girls that are daddy girls, and we have men who are mama's boys, and we have all of these different things, and they used to being catered to, and da-da-da. But when you're in a relationship with a person, selfishness has to be at the back burner. As far as intimacy and romance is concerned, Again, intimacy is not always sexual. Yes, it can be physical, but it doesn't have to be sexual. Um, we want to make sure that that connection is there, that gentle touch on the hand, the kiss on the forehead, the nudge on the back of the neck, the 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 um, the innuendos and and the and the, the different love language uh, that you can express to bring that intimacy because remember it's intimacy of the mind is so uh important it's actually more potent than than sexual intimacy um and then romance romance does not have to die in a relationship romance needs to be cultivated it has to be like a flower it has to be planted the seed got to be planted it has to be watered and then you got to keep tending that flower in order for it to grow uh, i feel like a lot of times when we're in a relationship for the long term or a long period of time, romance go to the romance grave and it don't come back. <laughs> Girl, preach. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to just make sure as we women are licking, looking, not licking, but looking at ourselves um, that we are being more mindful about the things that we are doing to contribute to the lack that we're talking about. Yes, definitely. You said some wonderful things there, my sister. And let me just say, with romance, I think it's really, you, you have to understand like who your partner is and what your partner likes. Uh, are they someone that likes little notes left just so that they know you were thinking of them? Do you send text messages throughout the day while the two of you are, you know, at work or what have you, you know, do you plan little, you know, romantic little picnics or something like that in the middle of the living room at home? Um, you know, I'm somebody who loves flowers. Um, you know, what is it about your partner? What do you know about your partner that you can continue to make them feel special? And I think it was a great analogy that you use because it's one that I use in my own personal life about the garden, basically. You do have to water that garden if you want to see growth. And romance is one of those and can be one of those nonverbal languages between a couple. And so it's definitely something that, you know, you should continue to do and it should always be there throughout. And it's definitely reciprocal. It's not to say, fellas, that it's always got to be you. Mm -mm, I'm not saying that. Ladies, we have a responsibility to bring the heat as well and to understand what it is he likes and what he needs and how we can do things to constantly um, remind each other of how important we are to each other. And intimacy is really cool. Um, 
you know, sometimes you might make out and that's about as far as it may go. Sometimes you just want to cuddle, whatever, but you're, you know, you're bonding with each other. Um, and I think intimacy is very specific to the people that are involved. And it's just a way for you guys to sort of be in your own little world. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And then as far as selfishness is concerned, you know, we are kind of socialized a little bit differently. It is true. We can have a tendency to be selfish, both of us, but girls are more socialized to take care of others and to nurture others and to do for others. And so typically our needs may be put on the back burner, whereas boys, you know, the world sort of revolves around them. And because that's how they grew up, that's what they look for a lot of times. Not always the case, but there are instances where if you as a woman are not making it about him, like all the time, then he doesn't want to be bothered with you. And it's kind of a shame because you never know what you can be walking away from. When we come together, as far as a relationship is concerned, we have to remember that it's not about me, but it's we. All right. And so we've gone through the list. Like we said, we mentioned honesty, communication, the way they demonstrate their affection, knowing their roles, point of reference regarding their thoughts about relationships, lack of support, lack of commitment, selfishness, lack of intimacy, and romance. And just as was the case last week with the fellas who had a bonus, right? We also have one too, as the ladies are, as far as the ladies are concerned. And we discussed this, my friend, and we came up with chivalry because we feel that it is definitely dead and we need to find a way to resuscitate it. Oh, goodness, you have never lied. Uh, <laughs> chivalry is one of the most uh, romantic ways to express love for the person that you love. And for those who don't know what chivalry is, that is when your man decides that he is going to open the door and let you go in first, as opposed to him going in first. Or he is going to give you his umbrella while it's raining. Um, he's going to open up the car door. He's going to pull out your chair, uh, buy you dinner, um, do the things that we don't see as often as we would like to see them. I, I haven't seen them in a while, but <laughs> those type of things is what we're referring to. But it's so, it's so true. A lady wants to feel like a lady. Uh, she wants to feel cherished and protected. I remember years ago, I dated someone who was introducing me to the concept of walking on the inside of a man. Like at first when he, when he said, you know, get, get over here, like, no, 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 come over here. I was looking at him like, what are you talking about? And once he, you know, explained it to me, then I felt special. I felt protected, as is the case with, you know, opening the car door and allowing her to get into the car first. That is, as a man, you protecting and cherishing that woman. And Steve Harvey said, Marjorie doesn't get into the car unless he opens the door. So there have to be some standards, of course, that we as women uh, let our men know about. So they understand we got to teach people how to treat us in everyday life, but also in our relationships. When, when you see that she has heavy bags, as a man, you know, I, I used to say to someone that I dated a while ago, like, are you a man or a gentleman? I like gentlemen myself. 
And that was sort of like his, you know, um, cue from me that I'm expecting certain things of you. And ladies, we have to stop being afraid of having expectations. We have to stop shortchanging ourselves and minimizing our own value, therefore allowing a man to. And far too often we do that. And so we need to raise the, the, the bar for ourselves and for them so that we can have uh, better relationships, healthier relationships, so that at least we both know as a man and as a woman, that our wants, our needs, and our desires are equally met so that we're both happy. Again, beautifully said. Beautifully said. And when you talked about uh, your encounter with the man who helped you understand about walking on the inside, um, I have to give credit to my husband because he, from the first time we ever took a long walk, taught me that. It wasn't my father. It wasn't my uncles. It was my husband who taught me that I need to be on the inside of him. And it used to drive me crazy because <laughs> <laughs> at first I was like, you're not going to tell me where to walk. Right. And, <laughs> and then secondly, I kept forgetting that I needed to be on the inside. And we would walk down the street and he would be like, where, where, where are you supposed to be at? Where are you supposed to be at? <laughs> so it just reminded me of that um, time where he taught me that I need to be on the inside of him and how much that made a difference for him. And even his cousins, they would not allow, if I was walking with them, they would never allow me to be on the outside. And I never really paid attention to how important that was until he kept drilling it in my head. Right. He would not let up. It was like, wait, where are you supposed to be at? And I'm like, oh, take it. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it matters. That makes you feel so important um, as a woman to be with your significant other and know that he is willing to protect you and help you understand why he has to protect you. Right. So we miss out on those things, women, when we uh, downplay it or we get an attitude because that man is actually trying to show us what chivalry is. Yeah, exactly. So we definitely have to be, you know, open to it and receive it. And that way he knows that he's on the right track. So that does it as far as our list is concerned. And again, we know that we more than likely did not cover every single aspect of everything. We simply just started the conversation for you. And so we hope that there were some things that you were able to take away from our conversation for these past two weeks, and that you will continue the conversation in your respective relationships. And so with that being said, we're not going to do For the Village this week, Queen, right? Because we have a song, I understand. Yes, love, we sure do. So going along with what we've been talking about and just thinking about those gripes that we've had uh, as women and thinking about the men's gripes as well, uh, we thought that a great song to mesh the two together and bring love and unity is from Miss Anita Baker. And the song is 
body and soul. So once we listen to this song, CK is going to come back and take us home.
Oh my goodness, Miss Anita Baker, girl, she is another one. That voice, huh? Oh my goodness. First of all, body and soul has to be. Uh, she, you could feel how she was feeling <laughs> when she sung that song. Like she really wanted this man to love her whole just her whole being but think about body and soul she don't want you to just love the superficial parts of it she wants you to get down deep inside of her and I think that's what we all want we want that love that touches our soul absolutely and fellas if you were paying attention to the episode, as we paid attention last week with the song selections, there's a message in there. Her wants you to focus. Mary J. Blige is asking you to take me as I am. Anita Baker wants you to love her body and soul. And so, yeah, this is something a little bit deeper than that superficial surface type of love. This is the kind of love that sees what lies beneath and gets into the crux of a person and to understand their shortcomings, their flaws, all of their imperfections and to love them anyhow. And that's exactly what a woman, you know, is looking for from a man. And so with that being said, Queen, I want to thank you for um, contributing uh, with the content of both of our shows these past two weeks. I have enjoyed the conversation as well as the music. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity, as always, to share uh, our thoughts and our conversations with the villagers and to help me with our musical selections for these last two episodes. I feel like our collaboration has really um, been fun and impactful. Yes, ma'am. We did that. <laughs> and so we are going to leave you guys with a bonus track. But before we do, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Village Mentality, the podcast. And we really do hope that you've enjoyed our series on He Said, She Said, Love Languages. We truly appreciate your support, kings and queens, and we hope that you will tune in again next week. Be blessed, beautiful people, and here's to brighter days. Now, as promised, we have one more song that's gonna close out the show. Queen, tell them what it is. So the last song that's going to close out this song, out our episode, is PJ Morton and JoJo singing Say So. Bye, we'll villagers. Bye, villagers. We'll see you next week. God bless you.
So if you love me, just say so. Cause I can't play these games with you no more. So if you love me, just say so. I need to know from you right now before I go. Cause just that I can feel I'm falling deep. 